Good evening all. Welcome back to Sports Fix. I am your host, Ben Cullen. PSG confirmed a record equal in 10th French title with four games to spare. They were held to a one-all draw by a 10-man lens, but it was enough to secure the trophy. But fans left early to celebrate outside the stadium without the players. Lionel Messi's stunning curled strike looked set to seal victory in style for the hosts, who required only one point to clinch the league. But Corentin Jean equalised for a spirited Lens late one. It is Maurizio Pochettino's first league triumph as a manager. But just a few days on from this win, Poch was sacked. Yes, he won the league and he has been sacked. The club's failure to win the Champions League title this term is likely to have played a large role in that. Red Bull's Max Verstappen dominated a wet and dry Emilia Romana Grand Prix to revive his title hopes. His rival, Charles Leclerc, threw away third place with a costly error. The Ferrari driver was pushing to try past Verstappen's teammate, Sergio Perez, after a late pit stop when he lost control at a chicane at Imola. Leclerc had to pit for a new front wing and fresh tyres and drop to ninth, and he could only recover to six. The error enabled Verstappen to slash his deficit to Leclerc from 45 points to 27, moving the Dutchman up from fifth in the championship to second. Until Leclerc's mistake, the Ferrari driver appeared to be headed for a frustrating but acceptable third place. But in an instant, he threw away a significant part of the advantage he had gained thanks to Red Bull's poor early season reliability. WBC champion Tyson Fury produced a stunning one-punch stoppage in the sixth round to beat fellow Brit Dillian White. Following his win, he insisted he will be retiring from the sport. Fury dominated what was a scrappy bout and then unleashed a vicious right uppercut. White managed to get to his feet within the count before staggering into the referee as the fight was halted. This might be the final curtain call for the Gypsy King, Fury said post-fight. I will retire as only the second heavyweight in history after Rocky Marciano to retire undefeated. I was unbeatable at this game. Fury, who also retained his ring magazine belt, is unbeaten in 33 bouts. We now welcome back Zach Purton to the show. He joins us via Zoom. I don't know a lot about horse racing. What what is your craft? What if what are you good at when it comes to horse racing? What is is your specialty if that's a thing? Yeah, I think uh, first and foremost you've got to have the natural ability. Naturally, you've just got to have it, and then it becomes rhythm, balance, um, and then the, your tactical awareness. Um, I think that's sort of what separates me from a lot of other jockeys. That it's one thing being able to have a plan, and it's another thing being able to go out there and execute it. Yeah. And I feel like I can execute it uh, very well, obviously. Um, I've been doing it for a long period of time. I've got the confidence to do it. But I, I understand the opposition I'm up against uh, quite well. And then it's, it's a bit like chess, right? You just got to make the right moves at the right times. And yeah. And then, um, you know, for us, the horse plays such a big part in it. I would say 80 to 85%. Because if the horse doesn't turn up and perform, it doesn't matter what I do. Yeah. It's not going to be the result. So I'm just the last little bit um sort of fine-tuning navigating my way through the race to give it the best chance to win 
And when it comes to the training of the horses, I know there are trainers, but how much responsibility do you have for the horses you're racing as well? Yeah, a lot, because we, we do uh, the fine tuning, like the, the very uh, end part before they race. Normally the other work riders will work them in the lead up um, in the early or middle part of their preparation. And then we get on right at the end just to give them the last few sharp gallops and make sure they're moving well and they're doing everything correctly. And and it's important to get those times right. So at track work, we generally work over 800 metres and the trainer might ask you to go, say, 30, 26. Uh, so they'll go 15 seconds from the 800 to the 600, 15 from the 600 to the 400, and then 13 from the 400 to the 200, 13 from the 200 to the winning post. Got it. So it's important that you're getting that time right, you're getting the rhythm right. You don't want to overwork the horse and go too fast and you don't want to go too slow so that doesn't get enough work. Mm. So it's really important to get the times right and that's where we come in. How many horses do you work with? So in Hong Kong, there's 1,300 horses uh, within the stabling environment um, and, I, and I don't have one horse that I continually ride all the time. I'm always jumping on and off horses depending on where their form is at at the time, whether they're ready to win, what distance they're running at. Um, Whose decision is that? So it's between myself, the owner and the trainer. So it works both ways, right? The owner or the trainer can approach me and ask me if I'm interested in riding the horse and then I'll look at its form. I might ride it, I might not. Um, If I don't think it's ready, I'll suggest maybe put someone else on it for a a period of time or maybe another one or two runs and I'll keep an eye on it. Um, and then if I like the way a horse is, is working in the morning that I've seen, or if he's run well, um, I can ring the owner or the trainer and, you know, express my uh, keenness and desire to, to ride their horse. And, and hopefully, you know, they, they put me on it. And how far in advance is this done? Oh, it can be done, um, you know, if, if a young horse just comes to Hong Kong and I see it at track work in the morning, um, I could be riding that horse for sort of two or three months until he gets to the races. But more often than not, it might only be two or three weeks out. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the horse will race, say, today, and it's run well, and I ask them to ride it so I can ride it the next start, and it'll run again in two or three weeks' time. So then I do the work on it between now and then, ride it in the race, hopefully get the win, get the result. Awesome. Very, very cool and, and, and unique career you have. Talk us through... I know you said every day is different, but can you run us through a, a, a day? You know, what you know, what are your duties? What time are you up? I imagine there's a lot of discipline that comes with your job. Yeah, so we we use today as an example, right? So I was up at five o'clock this morning. The track opens at four forty-five. I normally don't get there at four forty-five. I try and get there at five thirty, six o'clock. Um, sort of suits me a little bit better. So uh yeah, I was up up at uh five, um, gallop four horses this morning. Then I went to the trainer's stand, spoke to the trainers um, about how their horses were going, um, how they felt uh, in their in their work that morning. Uh, at the moment, we were to go and get a PCR test, so I went and, went and did that. We do that every morning. Okay. Uh, I went and spent some time with the physio, come home, had some breakfast, and then we had barrier trials this morning, so I went back at 8.30 for the barrier trials. Um, and then they're finished, well, they were finished this morning at uh, quarter past nine, so then I got all day to do yep. whatever I want. Uh, got it. And unfortunately for me, I'll been up at the hospital this morning getting some treatments and medication so uh we're uh we're gonna try and get back on track yeah but it's an it's an early start every day yeah most most yeah every every day like the, the latest i would get out of bed would be quarter past six six thirty yeah yeah very yeah. cool 
and then you know, you've had a fairly long career if you if you if you were racing at 17 18 and hopefully you can get towards 50 but what would be some of your your proudest moments um whether they be some of your biggest wins you know like actually a race or like biggest wins in terms of your life yes uh, anyone in hong kong wants to win the derby yeah, yeah. right so i managed to win that that was great uh, i'm the only jockey uh, in history actually to win every group one race in hong kong so wow there's no race here I haven't won, which is, which is fantastic. Yeah, indeed. Uh, another great uh, moment was winning at Royal Ascot in front of the Queen. Wow. Uh, when I, was that? That was in 2012 on a horse called Little Brig. So he's the only Hong Kong trained horse to ever win at Royal Ascot as well. Um, and that was a great experience. I, yeah. I'd never been there, but I'd actually never been to the UK before. So I, I rode here on the Sunday, flew up there, got off the plane the Monday morning. Um, the owner picked us up. Uh, in, a, in a big bus with 40 of his friends and we all went out to Royal Ascot and we walked the length of the straight because it was a straight race, a uh, thousand metre, um, you know, dash yeah, uh, yeah. Up, up there straight. Um, and then we devised a plan uh, and I'd watched some previous runnings of the race and it seemed to me like most of the winners had come down the grandstand side and I think there was about uh, 30 runners in the race. It was a, it was a large number. But I'd drawn sort of towards the inside, in, I think maybe barrier seven or something like that. Um, so that was our plan. And then we went to dinner that night at Spallini's and I forgot how late the, the sun goes down uh, during summer over there. Yeah. So And the horse had a heavy weight. So we're sort of having a good time um, up there with the owners, having a few drinks and, and whatnot else. And the next second, it was like 11.30. And I was thinking, oh, geez, I just lost track of time. And my head's spinning from everything I'd drunk. I said, oh, what an idiot. I've got to ride tomorrow. I've just done the wrong thing. But uh, I got up the next morning. I felt good. We went out there. And Frankel uh, was in race one. And he's probably the best horse um, ever in, in the UK. He went straight up the middle of the track. And I went out to ride my horse. And... Um, I said to the owner, I said, I changed a plan. I said, I'm not going on the outside fence. I'm going straight up the middle. And he's like, ah, you can't do that. You can't do that. You know, this was our, our plan. Got to stick to the plan. And the trainer said, just leave it to the jockey. He'll be right. Um, so I'm sitting in the gates and the horse started playing up a few barriers down. And they said, this horse is going to come out to get vetted. Now, everywhere else in the world, when a horse goes out of the gates to get vetted, it will walk around for a period of time. The vet will look at it, decide whether it's going to run again or not. And then the red flag will possibly go up if it's going to be scratched and then they wait a period of time for everyone to get ready and then they'll go so i got off my horse and frankie dettori was sitting next to me and he said mate he said you want to get on your horse he said because as soon as they take this horse out we're going to go and it's exactly what happened as soon as the horse went out the gates opened now i'd only just got on the horse and he just grabbed hold of the reins if he didn't tell me that i would have been stuck in the gates oh my so i was very lucky um and yeah obviously won it so it's a good experience. Uh, Frankie's a legend as well. That's a pretty cool he story. Is. Yeah. And and then final question, as I mentioned to you previously, the the audience and the listeners are, you know, um, teenagers into their early twenties. What would have what would be the one or two staples in your life that you would contribute your success to? I know you you've you've told us that you were you know focused early doors, but you must have had things that you've been good at that that have helped you be so successful along the way. Yeah, I think first, so you got to find something that you're passionate about, that you you, you want to turn up to work and you want to do it, not not just a job, like something that you really want to make a go of. And then for me, it was about modelling myself on people that were already successful. 
Got it. So I got close with the, the champion jockeys and I asked them questions, you know, why do you do this? Why do you do that? And then you, you just, copy, just copy them. Just copy and paste, right? There's a reason that they're successful. Um, and then if I can just do what they were doing, uh, there's no, re- no reason why I wouldn't be successful either. Copy it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Zach, thank you so much. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that chat. I could I could talk to you for hours and, and listen to all your stories. Good luck for the rest of this season. Good luck with your injuries. And then, you know, we hope to see you racing for, for a long time to come. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Hong Kong, are you ready? This is the hottest ticket in the world right now. The NBA is in the business end of the season. We're getting closer and closer to the final playoff game who will be crowned champion of 2022 my playoff game of the week and hottest ticket in the world is the timberwolves and the grizzlies have a great weekend all and i'll see you for your sports fix next week thank you once again to ben and once again to zach Purton as well i can't wait to see him again at the race course